0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millennial Black Dad Podcast. It's your host, Aaron Mayo. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope everybody has subscribed. Last week, I know there were some issues with the audio, so I apologize about that. Um, Trust me, when the conversation was recorded, it didn't sound like that, so there was a bad connection on one of our ends, so I apologize about that, but Uh, Still, I had uh, a pleasure having Chad Deal on. I did enjoy the conversation. I'm sorry it just didn't come out the best for all the listeners out there. But uh, this week, I actually have my boy uh, Bryce Robinson on the line. Uh, Bryce, man, what's going on? Uh, Nothing
1: much, man, you know, just uh, another day in life, you know, pretty much.
0: Always a good thing, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: For sure, for sure. Well, Bryce and I are going to talk uh, about a few different topics, um, you know, music, politics, stuff, stuff like that. But um, before we, we get into all that, though, you guys know I like to kind of start off with the starting five. So, uh, Bryce, you know, I, I know I've kind of talked with you about this already, but the starting five basically is just five random questions I've come up with that I'm going to throw to you before we kind of jump into all the other topics we're going to talk about. Okay. All right, so my first question, so from conversations I've had with you, I kind of gather that J. Cole is your favorite kind of current artist right now?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, all right. So in your opinion, what are, what are your top three J. Cole songs?
1: Top three J. Cole songs. Uh, Number yes. one, without a doubt, uh, Love Yours. Um, Just the message of it, I think. Lyrically is it's pretty, you know, good. It's a song that doesn't really require bars, so I'm not really judging off that. But I think the message and then just the sound of it, um, definitely puts it as a top song for me. Um okay. number two, uh I think I think I'd have to go with and it's not even like a song, it's an interlude off of um Born Center, which is called okay. Mo Money. And it's like a playoff of Jay Z, one of Jay Z songs, um, Jay Z and Biggie songs, and I don't know, it's so short. I wish he did like a whole. It's like a minute thirty, I think. I wish he did a whole three minutes and or four minutes of a of a real song on it. But I just like that mm. one just because it's like, I don't know, it just it's so nostalgic for me. I think that's really why I rock with it. Um, and then the third song,
0: best the, the Jay Z and Biggie song off of Reasonable Doubt.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: okay, okay, okay,
1: all right, um, all right. And number three, I think, I think I'd have to do, and it, this won't be more recent, um, I like the, and it got a lot of criticism, but I liked, uh, uh blank on the name, uh, Friends off of his most recent album, K.O.D., uh, yeah, so I think those would be my top okay. three.
0: Okay, okay. I like it. And and why? Why is J. Cole your favorite artist right now?
1: Oh man, J. Cole of uh, the current artists out right now, J. Cole is my favorite just because I think that he's just doing something that not a lot of people are doing at the moment. Number one. And I think that he's really upholding the foundations of what hip hop like was created for, which was to provide messages and knowledge to people who are in like communities or areas where like they may not have that. Um and he just does a lot of Great stuff that he puts in his music, and I think that aside from just his intentions, uh, he's just really talented. I think there's no doubt uh, lyrically, um, he's do- you know definitely top two. It's debatable right now, like Kendrick and Cole, mm-hmm. but um, I think nobody would doubt that he's at least top two artists out there mm-hmm. right now. So
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely, definitely, yeah. I think uh, you always hear him, yeah, like you said, Kendrick tossed around. Um, you'll hear a few other names here and there, but usually you'll you'll definitely hear them in the in the conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So let's go on to my next question. So I know you're originally from Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. and you go back and you visit time to time. Yeah. So when you go back and visit, like, what's one thing you have to do when you go back to New York City? <laughs>
1: a very, it, and it's crazy, it's usually the first thing that, like, we get on our old um, block. Gotta go to, like, one of the bodegas around there and get, like, a breakfast <laughs> sandwich. Like, a sausage, egg, and cheese, bacon, egg, cheese, something like that. Because, like, yeah. we don't get that anywhere else. Like, when we moved initially, that was the biggest thing we were complaining about. Is was like, yo, there's no corner stores around here. We gotta go. Like, the gas station is really, like, the oh, no. the equivalent oh, no. of it. So, like, yeah. that's probably the the... Anything else, that's the first thing that we do every single time that we get back there.
0: For sure, for sure. Yeah, and that's the best place. About, in those places, most of them stay open 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you go there, you get a, you can get a burger, a sandwich, a breakfast sandwich, like anything you can think of.
1: Exactly. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a plethora of options. Like it don't matter <laughs> where you come from. Like whatever right. you're used to, you can get something like it.
0: Exactly. They'll figure it out.
1: Yeah.
0: They will figure it out okay all right i like it i like it so moving on to my next one then and um i know you're you're pretty active on like instagram and youtube and um you know you follow uh, a lot of kind of like influential people Mm. um so give me your top three follows between youtube and instagram
1: oh okay top three between youtube and instagram um uh, okay, so now one, it is, uh, and I, and I think that it's probably on my mind most because, like, this is a person who, like, I actually got in contact with, um, you know, occasionally, like, through DMs about their posts and stuff like that, but, um, her name is Anastasia Lovera on Instagram, and I think she's got YouTube too, but she's not, like, as, uh, consistent on YouTube right now, but okay. she's, she's influential. Not even, like, because I think sometimes people use influential, like, things that really, like, relate to them. Like, it speaks to them and who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, in some regards, I can, but I think just, she's inspiring because of what she does for, like, so many other uh, communities of, t- and people that, like, um, I'm not a necessarily part of, but, like, just seeing somebody else be so passionate, it is inspiring to me to be passionate about, like, things that, you know, not only pertain to me, but things that I can really, like, you know speak about like how she could speak about those certain things um very sweet kind person um you know open uh so she'd probably be as far as instagram that'd be one on youtube mm-hmm. um inspirational people on youtube i'm trying to think uh hmm. i think i'd have to go with uh I'll bring it back to Instagram for another one well I think for you too okay. um okay. for the second one for Instagram would have to be it is uh it is an account it's not like a i mean a person runs it obviously but it's not like a it's not like a personal account really and yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh it's called they got it. They actually had it hacked at one point, so they renamed it. But it's like two T chucks, and it's like a lot of like pretty much anyone comes to the page, you can find something that's gonna touch you in some type of way, like gonna motivate you or inspire you, or like those days when you down, like you could find something probably that's gonna like uplift your spirits in some type of way, um, and just things that you can carry and like, cause you know you meet so many different types of people every single day, and like a big issue that I've at least experienced is like wanting to help somebody, but not knowing the things to say or not knowing like having any insight to that type of world maybe. Um, But like at least seeing their posts and like, you know, I mean, some of them be really long, but even reading and just for a second, like it makes you think about certain things in a different way or just think about them period that you, you know, weren't going to before. Um, So them and then for the third one with YouTube it's actually a motivational speaker. Uh I think most people have heard of him, uh Eric Thomas. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dude, he's dope. Um and I think, you know, I've spoken with a friend of mine before and he's like, I don't know, he's just a bit too aggressive for me like for my motivational speaking, but I think maybe it's just it just whatever uh resonates with you or like whatever is more uh whatever you're more receptive to. Like I don't mind somebody yelling at me telling me like Basically, I need to get up off, off the couch and do something with from you know with myself for the day because, like it's like that sometimes
0: mm-hmm. um but I think i I started yeah.
1: listening to him when I was in high school and okay, and I kept on you know following him now and I'm almost graduating college, so um definitely him,
0: definitely him for sure for sure, yeah, 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 people have put me on to him probably like five six years ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll, I'll go to him from time to time. Like you said, some some days you just kind of need that extra motivation to kind of get into what you need to get into and and figure some stuff out. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it, man. So like you said, you're getting ready to finish college. Yeah. And what what's your major? It's um something to do with uh, sports. I, I know that.
1: Yeah, it's uh, exercise science.
0: Exercise science for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. So with that being said, man, uh, give me your favorite class and then your least favorite class that you're in right
1: now. Uh, that I'm in right now. Okay. So my favorite class is, uh, and not even coincidentally is, um, it's called foundations of exercise science and it's probably my most enjoyable class for a lot of reasons. I think number one, um, the teacher, he makes it like a great atmosphere and, And, like, I think what you've noticed with me is I like to have, like, discussions and dialogues and, like, you know, it could be about one thing, but you can get onto, like, a completely polarly opposite uh, topic somehow connected. And that's what he does. And so I think that that's that's dope. I think that it really helps people learn, helps me learn, at least. um, I retain things better through having conversations and making comparisons and analogies and all that type of stuff. So there's that aspect of it. And he also doesn't, like... He also doesn't take away from you learning and, like, being able to speak about it. Being able to teach somebody is the best way to learn or to know that you're learning something. Um, And that's what we do. We don't really have, like, tests. We don't really – I don't know if we have a final. Um, If we do, I'm sure it won't be, like, super rigorous. Like, we've had a lot of quizzes, and the quizzes are mainly, like, all right, even if you didn't speak up in class, were you listening at least? So it's not hard quizzes, and I think that – it's not hard quizzes only because of how much – depth we go into with the conversations. Um cool. so I think that's my favorite class, my least favorite class that I that I'm in right now. Um hmm. it would probably be my excuse me my biology class. Biology. Um, Ooh, yeah. Okay. And the thing is I loved biology when I was in high school. That was like of all the science classes I've ever took, that was the class I did the best in. And um I'm not doing horrible in it right now but i'm just not enjoying it and i think it has to do with uh maybe the teacher but i think i've also been in the institution of school so long like with no breaks in between that it's kind of like i'm just looking to take classes that um that's like directly relating to the field of um
0: exercise science i'm trying to get into you know so i think that that might be what it is yeah 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 just kind of Late, locked in on like what you want to do as a career rather than just like taking classes for credit at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I think everybody kind of goes through that at one point. Mhm. Especially when the the end is near, for sure.
1: Oh yeah, I I've related it to like uh to like a marathon. Like the very beginning, it's not bad. This is new. So your your legs mm-hmm. are completely fresh. You know, by so like sophomore year you're in the second quarter of this marathon and you're like, all right, you know, it's a little, it's a little tough, but I'm kind of getting used to it. Like I'm getting my, you know, I'm getting my rhythm and now I'm in my junior year. So it's like now the, the fatigue is starting to set in and the <laughs> doubt is like, dang, can I actually finish this whole thing? And like, but I know, you know, um, by senior year, it's going to be like either a cakewalk or it's going to be the mentality is like we are, we, I can see the finish line, you know, so it's not even going to be no stress.
0: For sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, just just finish strong. Finish strong. Yeah. So um, my last question in the starting five to you. So, do you listen to podcasts at all?
1: Um, I've gone through phases of listening to podcasts. Um, when I was in when I was in high school I think I was listening to podcasts pretty often and now I kinda like um I kinda dabble every now and then. Um, I think mainly just because of time. But
0: okay.
1: um like even over the summer, I was listening to a lot of, and it's not really a podcast, it's, it's the radio show, but they have they have it like in a podcast format for people to go through and just dive in um, of uh, Hot 97's uh, Ebro in the Morning. So like that's yeah. probably the most recent
0: one that I've like listened to pretty in depth. Okay, okay. All right. So I'll take my last question in a different direction then. Um, basically, if you were somewhere on an island and can only bring three albums with you on that al- on that island. Which, which which three would you bring?
1: Oh man, okay, three albums. Um, I'm taking with me. I'm taking with me. It's not even technically an album, but it's a mixtape. I'm taking with me J Cole's Friday Night Lights. I mm-hmm. think that that's probably his best body of work of everything he's done. Um, just just sonically, I think. Um, yep, yep. So that that's what I'm taking for sure. Number one. Um, okay. Number two, I I gotta take uh, Nas's Illmatic. Um, oh, yeah. it's just you know, there's very few albums that's like flawless. I feel like top to bottom, and mm-hmm. that's definitely one of them. Um, that's definitely one of them. And then the third one, the third one, um you know the, mm, did you say specifically hip hop albums or did you say just albums no
0: yeah anything anything you want
1: okay well the third one um just to just to bring cuz i would I, you know i don't ever get sick of listening to rap but it is nice to get a different uh genre in there i'm going to bring in r and i'm going to bring mm-hmm. mary j blige's uh my life mm. that is an album i think for the most, part, there may be one or two songs that's like, or maybe just one honestly. That's like, uh, eh, I you know I could skip it, but from my recollection, all the songs on there are just like cookout anthems, really. And those are all songs that I, like grew up on driving the car, road trips, going to Thanksgiving parties, birthday parties, all of that, and um, and it's just it's just it just brings you good vibes. So like, that's definitely probably the third one
0: for me. I like it, I like it, man. So that actually rounds out my, my starting five questions, but, but kind of leads me into a little bit of what I want to talk with you about okay. uh, as far as, like, music goes. Um, so, like, with the, with the Mary J. Blige album, like, mm-hmm. it seems – and talking to you, I know the other day you were playing, like, Tribe Called Quest.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it seems like, you know, you've done your history and have, like, gone back – Illmatic and like stuff like that and like listen to like a lot of like the classic albums. Mm -hmm. So like, I know like when I was young, my dad probably was the the person who I would look at as kind of who like introduced me to really like, I guess, music in general more. So he, he, he started R and B. Like my dad would play a lot of R and B around us, I guess, just because it was more appropriate. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, when you get in the car going places and you listen to the radio, then I would hear rap songs and stuff like that. So then, you know, eventually I got my own stereo, um, started buying my own CDs and I was buying a lot of rap albums. But I would probably attribute it to my dad kind of introducing me to music. And then from there, me kind of looking and finding things that I like. So my question to you is like, who introduced you to rap initially? And then, like, what what were they playing for you? Or, like, what were they putting you onto?
1: Uh So my dad, without, I don't even think with his, like, real intentions, uh, introduced me to rap. Mm. Um, you know, so when I was born, I was born in upstate New York. And I still would, like, all of our family was in Brooklyn. And mm-hmm. I went to daycare in Brooklyn. So, like, it would be, like, an hour drive that my dad would take me to uh, daycare every single morning and i was about three and even when i was getting kindergarten four uh four or five um those hour-long drives and every single time he'd be driving he'd be listening to like a mixture of either biggie uh i i don't think he had the the album but i think it just came on the radio uh the slim shady lp is what i recall very strongly um listening to Nas uh listening to some like hearing some of the outcasts too um Uh so like he he introduced me without him even knowing like he was just in it jay-z listening for his own enjoyment and i happened to be in the back not him not even thinking that i was like probably even like soaking it in but uh uh, i you know i was even with even me not knowing at the time and then pretty much what happened was like Years go by, and I actually had a period of time where, like, I really wasn't into music. Not to say I wasn't into music. I just wasn't, like, seeking it so much. I think that just had to do with the fact that my mom and my dad both were, like, playing so much of it. Because, like, he was showing me a lot of the rap. And, I mean, he was in R&B, too. But my mom, um, when she'd be picking me up from these, you know, daycare or school um, and driving me back home, She'd be listening to a bunch of R&B. That's where I was mm-hmm. listening to a lot of Mary J. Blige when it was, like, mm-hmm. not in, like, a family function. That's where I was mm-hmm. listening to a lot of uh, Alicia Keys, a lot of Neo. Um The Because of You album was, like, like, at one point, I felt like I knew that thing like the back of my hand. When I was uh, four, when I was, no, I think I was five years old, my first, like, album that was my own was Mario. I think it was his debut album. And the mm-hmm. reason why my parents even got it was because when it came on the radio though uh just a friend. Yes. I, I used yeah, to yeah. I used to know all the lyrics to that song. And, and I'd be <laughs> just like singing it in the car and so they got the C D. So I used to play at the house. Funny. So That's like funny. my mom kinda gave me the R and B side of things and my dad gave me the rap side of things. Yeah. Um yeah. and I don't think I of them really knew it because, you know, I never I aside from like Mario, I didn't really like I guess, seek out music like that until middle school really came around and I started, like, uh, red- uh, rediscovering all this stuff, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah.
0: so. <laughs> nah, it's Yeah, it's crazy. I, I even see it now with, with my daughter, um, you know, whenever I, so when I take her to daycare, you know, in the morning or when I pick her up or whatever, you know, we get in the car now and, like, she requests songs that like she's heard me play in the car, and mm. she like memorizes like certain parts of the song, and mm-hmm. that's how she describes it to me <laughs> that she wants to hear it, and then man like I'm telling you like she'll she'll hear it the song will be it won't even be over yet, and she'll be asking me to play it again, and then once the same thing it will it will play, and she'll she'll be asking me to play it again oh, yeah. and like it, it it like I get sick of it, but at the same time <laughs> like. I, th- I still think it's kind of cool that like I'm introducing her to that stuff and like, she's getting it. She likes it. And like, yeah, she's, she's like putting it to memory. Mm-hmm. I think that's why she wants me to keep playing it back and playing it back is cause like, yeah, she's like, she's memorizing the songs. So, um, yeah, it's just interesting to see like at, at that young age, how like kids pick up on that type of stuff. Oh yeah. So, so from that being said, like, you Know you, you kind of came up you listening to again just like classic albums and, and classic artists. So, like, we kind of touched on it earlier with some of the top artists now being like J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar. Um, I mean, I know Nipsey Hussle people might say might be in that category, mm. uh, Travis Scott. I mean. I, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard now to, to really put together like a, a list of like solid lyricists. Yeah. um So like, in your opinion, just like, what are your thoughts on the current industry or the state of rap music? Oh man.
1: So I've, I, my opinion on it has really like developed so strongly over, over maybe the last two years. Cause one point I was like, I was like the you know, hip hop right now is, is trash for the majority of it like you know, the fact that even you saying like, you know, the top top artist right now lyrically, Kendrick J. Cole and then like you had to kinda of search for the other ones, like that's a problem. Like that's a problem yeah. in itself. But um I think uh I think the state of hip hop is I think it's okay. I don't think it's great. I think it's okay right now. I think we still have a lot of um lyrical people i think we still have a lot of talented people the, the issue is they're just not being um or i'll say the differences between the 90s the early 2000s and now is for the most part the consumer really dictated who made it with the exception of a couple but the, the consumer really dictate who was going to be like mainstream because okay labels were signing people because they knew in cities and towns and across the country like oh dang this dude's name is popping up oh this dude's name is popping up all right let's offer them this let's offer them this it wasn't just like we're gonna go to a neighborhood where this kid don't got nothing comes from nothing and we're gonna offer you something and then you're gonna put out all this garbage music now mm-hmm. with all the outlets soundcloud now even spotify is an option where like you can upload a song straight to spotify anybody can be in their you know in their room and just make a song out of nothing and just put it up there and i think that that's a good thing in a lot of regards because it's cutting out the middleman it's cutting out the the real reliance on labels and major companies like that but at the same time it's it's making it easier for um for them to use and abuse artists and that you know really uh saturates hip hop in itself that's why people like a Lil Pump and a Lil Yachty and a Lil Z Vert, like that's why they can become so big because these labels are like they look at them and they're like okay this is catchy this is it's like memes and stuff like that nobody's looking for a meme creator and making them a millionaire but that's basically what these labels are doing Lil Yachty came up big because he had a song One Night and One Night ended up Um, being attached to like a a vine at the time. People Mm -hmm. found out who, you know, who the song was from because it was part of a meme. And then this dude gets all his recognition and gets blown up, thankfully, because it was his song. But it's just like his talent wasn't what got him to that point. A lot of people would argue Mm -hmm. like, well, it still takes talent to make. Yeah, but in that instance, specifically, it was more so this dude who was a comedian who made a vine, put your song in there. And then that's really how you got lifted up. But I think that because of that, I think there's always been, you know, whack, not as talented artists um, in hip-hop from the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. The only difference is now they're more, it's just more oversaturated because it's so easy for people to make music. And they're just putting in our face so much that, like, the talented artists are falling in the shadows. And the talented artists, like a J. Cole, like a Kendrick, like a Nipsey, Mm -hmm. like... Mm -hmm. The the ones that aren't those names, like the ones that we don't know about to this day, that are still like, you know, dude, probably in Memphis, Tennessee, is probably like, yo, my dude right here is fire. Like they still have to go the same route and like have to go through the same crap that a Jay Cole went through to get on, because right. they're not right. as easily marketable. And right. I think that that makes it that that makes it easy to say like hip hop is trash, but it's really not. I think that it's just in terms of rising uh, or raising up talented artists at a quicker rate, it's just remained the same, but I think that it's alright though, I think you just have to unfortunately dig harder to find the substance, but the internet does make it a little bit easier
0: Yeah, 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 no, and I see what you're saying too, I think the internet uh, honestly, I think really it started with like YouTube, mm-hmm. like YouTube just gave people a voice and an outlet to be able to just like um, put, their, put their faces and put their stuff out there and then, like you said, now it's evolved into SoundCloud and Spotify and stuff like that, where uh, Bandcamp, where, again, yeah, you, you don't need anything but a computer, a microphone, and a beat. And you can make music on your own. You can put it out there on your own. Like, there is no middleman. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that hurts mainly. I feel like that hurts a lot of, like, the underground artists, because there's such a, um, like a gluttony of them that, and they're all trying to do like this, they're they're going about it at the same approaches. Like they're putting their stuff on the same websites and, you know, they're trying to re- rely on their friends or whatever to help them promote. Um, you know, I just think it's hard for them to be taken seriously because there's so many people that are trying to go that route mm. because it is so, so oversaturated. And, um, yeah, I think the same can be said of, like, the mainstream. Um, I think that a lot of what we see that's, that's like, prevalent now um, is stuff that can easily just, it's catchy. Um, it can easily be marketed and put out there and, like, can make the quick dollars off of it and then move on and find somebody else who can do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I I I haven't heard like a lot of like Extension's music. Yeah. Um are you are you familiar with his catalogue?
1: Um to to a degree. Um like I haven't listened to a whole project by him, but I've listened to a, a good amount of songs. Um I've had, you know, friends of mine try and put me on to him and it's just like you know, I've given it a shot. Like I, I, I do right. I do make the effort to like listen to artists that like maybe just by their name or, or some social media stuff I know about them, I'm not a fan of, but right. uh, I mean, I've lightly dove into uh, X's stuff.
0: So, yeah, the, the reason I ask is because, like, and I, I don't know if it's just one of those things where, you know, once you pass, then people kind of make you bigger than what you actually really were kind of mm-hmm. thing. But um, I, you know, I've heard a lot about, like, how he was such a talented artist and um, was one of those like, up and coming artists. And I'm just wondering, like, from your perspective, like, would he because then again, I know I know the, the incidents you're referring to as far as like his, his character and stuff like <sighs> that. You know, he's not he's not a good person, but like, was he was he making good music or is it just kind of like um, they're just making it bigger than it actually is? uh no
1: i think i i think he had he had uh he had ingredients he had the right ingredients but i think that he didn't know how to uh how how to make the end product like how it's televised on television like i don't know if that analogy works but like um i think he had like he had songs and he had verses that i forget, but he actually was really getting um introspective and getting really deep and well um, you know, conscious on very certain issues and those I I love but I think that he didn't, um he didn't mix it with the right things like he didn't have the right production on, on certain songs that had those components to it or like one specifically um, the one that's more prominent in my mind is uh, his song probably one of his biggest songs he had out up until his death The Look At Me um, where like literally the whole song is just you know your typical uh soundcloud trap music, you know repetitive stuff with it doesn't have any substance, but then in the mm-hmm. last verse, he gets super, super deep on like you know um some social issues, and it's just like while I love that, and that's the thing too because i've I've seen people like give their pins on that song and and the fact that he had two completely different. Um, things in there. Some people who only wanted to go to him for like the party music were like, yo, why did you put this in here? We didn't come here for this. But then you Mm -hmm. had people who were like critics of him that heard it, and it was like, well, why didn't you do this the whole song? So I think that he just didn't have a good... He didn't figure out the formula that worked best for him, and and a lot of times he just referred back to what got the most views, which was the loud music, the music with him screaming on it, not really saying much of substance, or even some some tracks were like, you listen to it, you don't catch anything he's saying, and it kind of really falls underneath the beat of it. And then you like look up the lyrics of you're like, oh crap, this is what he was saying? This is great, but mm. it'd be great if we could hear him. It's like if J. Cole was just rapping as fast as like Busta Rhymes or, or something where you couldn't understand him. It was like, well, I love your message, but if you could just say it so that people can understand it and hear it more clearly, that'd be better. So, I mean, I think that, um, I, You know, I I don't think that he was complete. He definitely wasn't as appreciated as he was uh, when he, you know, as he is now as he was when he was alive. But I think that it was it was a fair assessment, though. I don't think that anybody was unfairly criticizing him. Um, So I I think that he he showed uh, potential. Um, I saw potential in him, but I just Mm. don't think that uh, I just don't think he was he was what everybody's making
0: him out to be now got you i got you so um i, I know we kind of talked about this a little bit too but like um as far as like rap groups go like right now i mean we we kind of have what me me and Ray swimming um and i know a lot of the migos now are kind of doing solo albums but um you know, going back like rap, our rap groups were were such a, a big part of hip hop. You know, you got like Three Six Mafia, Locks, mm-hmm. um, you know, groups everywhere. Um, wh- why do you think now rap groups aren't really a thing anymore?
1: Um, man, I think I think part of it has to do with m- maybe. I think what has to do with it maybe is like the fact that. We see so much of what the industry is now, and I think that one big thing that attracts everybody to getting into rap now is how much money is involved in it, and I think that people look at it like, yo, I'm gonna just get on myself, you know, and they don't really look at it, they're looking at it from, a, from a, a monetary standpoint, and when you look at it from that perspective, you don't look at making the best music or the music you have the most fun making, which would be... Music with like the people in your neighborhood or something like that or your family like that that also do the same thing, and so I think that's what makes it um, makes it less uh, prominent nowadays. I think that when you had people like the locks and the tribe and uh, you know um, all these rap groups like mm-hmm. what made them them was the fact that they knew each other, they grew up with each other, and then they just shared a common interest in music and they were around each other so much to where they naturally were like making stuff together. And then they kind of reflected that when they got on. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think that many people nowadays, at least from the people I've met who like uh, are somewhat interested in music, nobody's looking to collaborate with somebody else. Everybody's just mm-hmm. looking to be put on. Like you said earlier, like, DMing me, DMing somebody for, like, promo or, like, you know, stuff like that. Everybody just wants to get on on their own. They don't want to work together with nobody, though. They want all the fame and the money and the praise for themselves. That's what, And so um, I think that that might have something to do with it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's what I, I think that a lot. I think that has a lot to do with it is just, like, everybody kind of wants to do it individually Mm -hmm. nobody really wants to work together like towards that common goal anymore especially like in the rap industry like they just want to kind of like get it get theirs and then kind of you know do their thing um and now that i'm even thinking about it um r&b groups aren't really a thing anymore either
1: yeah no not at all i I don't know last time i heard about like a, a actual group you know that started that was that was R and B influenced. You know, you hear this about collabs, but never like a never even like a joint project, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I think R and B, uh at least like a lot of the stuff that I listen to ha- is is kind of rap influence now too. hmm Like, um, have you listened to Usher's new album?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: So in my opinion, I, I just felt like um, it, it was like a R and b infused rap album. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of like R&B artists are kind of going in that direction. I mean, there's there's a few artists who are kind of still I guess if you want to, as authentic as R&B can, can get at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, for the most part, I feel like a, a lot of R&B artists are just like um trying to rap now but not necessarily rappers yeah if that makes sense
1: yeah for sure um you know i mean the, and that's the thing like the usher album it, it wasn't it wasn't bad it just wasn't Is one not what you're expecting from usher and it's also just wasn't like it's not something you haven't heard before from somebody else you know i, I feel like usher kind of did like a a just you know less great version of what Chris Brown does and Chris yeah. Brown is a person who like I mean I don't know last time I, I heard a song where like he was it was nothing but him and he was only singing I don't really recall exactly. last time I heard that so yeah. like I, I do agree I think a lot of people a lot of uh, R&B artists are getting in the um, the rap like lane but you know I think uh I don't know, it's I don't know what I would account for because there's still singers out there like there's a couple of good uh r&b artists nowadays um but i mean even if you look at like the guy six you know the guy with the six in his name black he dropped oh yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. i like him
1: yeah he dropped the album but his was also kind of rap you know it was rap and r&b like side by side uh bryson till is another one who who got that trend kind of started so you know i don't i don't know what uh what i would account for i mean i do miss just soul r&b like i you know um a uh, girl from the UK, Georgia Smith, she dropped an R&B album um, earlier this year. Loved it, and it had no, you know, had no uh, rap influence on it at all. Like it was, and it was actually surprising. I didn't know what to expect from it because she actually kind of got found from Drake uh, when she was on mm. Drake's album uh, mm. in 2017. So that would be kind of something you'd expect. Like she got found by a rapper, you know, you kind of expect to keep it going that way. But I think that she had a great R&B album, but um even the other girl the boot up girl lma
0: yep her yep.
1: her album was dope but i think that in hers too she you know she had a i don't want to say she had a lot a large rap influence but you could you could see it somewhere there's like there's no pure r&b albums and then the r&b songs that are there they're very rare that it's just singing you know so
0: right right yep 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 so yeah i i i like r&b like again especially with my daughter like, and even even with R and B now, it's it's really hard to find like just appropriate song without like curse words and stuff in it now. Mm-hmm. But um, that's mainly my go-to when she's in the car is I'll play some R and B songs that are clean. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, man. Like if I were like my favorite R and B artist now, I mean like Frank Ocean is probably him and The Weekend are or, or my top two R and B artists. And then uh, I listen to a lot of like division and uh, that that they group I was telling you about. Oh yeah, um, I really really like them. I, I actually found them this year, and um, you know went through their album. They they just put a single out a couple of weeks ago, mm. and um, I think they're they're working on putting out another album here pretty soon. But um, I I really like their style. I think they're dope. So yeah, I, I, like like I said, like growing up, my dad like that was the first genre I was really introduced to was R and B. Mm. So like I still kind of go back to that, but um, like still like I love rap too. So yeah, but um yeah,
1: you know what's crazy? I actually gone to the Frank Ocean train super late, like mm. this year late, like mm. so. Um, but I mean I'd always heard and known he was a good artist. And the thing is, in going into his stuff, it was like, I'm like, dang, I actually knew a good amount of the, uh, a, you know, decent amount of these songs. I just didn't know were him. But yeah, right. he's, he's a dope artist.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, I think he's super talented. I think he he's as close to, like, a, a pure R&B artist now. He doesn't, like, if he, if there is that that rap influence on a song, it's because he has a rap feature. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not he's not going to get on the track and try and, like, rap. Like, he's... He knows He knows what his lane is. Yeah. So, um, at this point of the year, there's, there's been a lot of albums that have been released this year. A lot of albums have gotten a lot of hype. What's the album that's been released this year that caught your attention the most?
1: Caught my attention the most. Um, okay, I'm going to answer it in two different ways. Uh, okay, so one album that caught my attention a lot was the Cardi B album Invasion of Privacy mm, mm, Okay, and I say that because is it an album that like I've gone back to and listened to like the whole album a dozen times? Not necessarily but
0: mm-hmm. it's an
1: album that like has got so many songs that you can't escape it and the songs are not bad like this, the album was it was a good album but there's so many songs that still play on the radio, that still play on commercials, that still, that you may go back yourself and like oh I'm kind of in the mood to hear this one today so like that in that sense, like that's one that's caught my attention so most so much and like even I saw a post the other day and it was like a track listing for her whole album. Every song except for one song was at the very least went gold. She had Ooh. like I think five or six went platinum. She had a couple that went multi times platinum. So like even if you look at it statistically, I don't know any other artist that's had an album that's done that well. Um, so that'd be mm-hmm. the first, that'd be, that'd be that first one. And the second one that caught my attention the most, um, let's see. Mm, trying to think. Okay. I'll say, and this one isn't even like an album that I thought was like the best album of the year. But yeah. in terms of when I heard it was dropping. I dropped everything and I went and had to go listen to it. It was the, uh, Eminem kamikaze.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, I like that one too. I like, yeah,
1: that was one that like, I didn't care what anybody needed from me. Like I had to listen to the album and it was, it was a good album. Um, you know, I think that, I think that was solid. I think that it was, it was some critiques I may have had on it, but I think it was pretty good. Um, I think it's pretty good for, for this year. It added to a lot of the great products we've gotten so far.
0: For sure. For sure. So even going back to what you were saying about your dad, so, like, when the Slim Shady LP dropped, I was in, I think I was in eighth grade, mm-hmm. and I just remember seeing My Name Is video and just being like, yo, what is this? <laughs> like, it was honestly just, like, the coolest thing I ever seen in my life, and, like, I just became the biggest Eminem fan from that point. And like it's been disappointing to me because I feel like basically since like the Eminem show, his albums have been just eh. Um, so I think, yeah, uh, kamikaze has been to me his best work since since that time. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of Eminem, what what'd you think about him and um MGK? What'd you think about that little beef?
1: Oh man, that was that wasn't even beef. That was just that was just like that's the equivalent of, like, uh, when you go over to your a family function and, like, your little nephew tries to, like, beat up on your leg and you just toss him <laughs> on the ground. Like, that's what that was. It, it was, I, you know, and I I don't I find it hard to understand people who are like, oh, MGK won. There's no universe, there's no angle I can look at where I can see MGK really took a victory. And even in his diss that got so many – uh so much praise i didn't even think it was that good and i don't think that's just me being biased as like an eminem fan i think that like i went back and actually looked through the genius lyrics and i was like let me see how many of these that i feel like are like hard hitting or like yeah there weren't many there was maybe three at the most um you know, a lot of it was weird because the diss track, but you're complimenting him, and you're telling him that you look up to him, (laughs) like he's your idol, it's just like, I've never seen that in a beef before, so, and then Eminem came, Eminem let us wait, and then came in and just had fun with it, I don't even think that was Eminem at 100%, I think that he was like at maybe 65, 70 and he was still just like, toying with the kid, so uh, that was, it was was
0: entertaining yeah, yeah so, yeah, I I actually have similar thoughts to you. So I don't know if you saw it, but I think even maybe the day of the, that I saw MGK's this video, or maybe the day before I saw MGK on Funk Flex's show. And he, yo, he, so you saw what I saw. He killed, he killed that freestyle. That was so, yeah, man. And I'm pretty sure like I had just seen that. And then like I saw the video and I was, the freestyle was like still in my head. So I was like, "Dang, man, yeah, like that was dope." That was my first reaction. And then the next day, I went back and watched it again, and I was like, eh, man, <laughs> "No, like, uh, uh-uh, no, I'm not, not feeling it." Um. So yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think Eminem probably didn't even have to respond; just did it because he was bored <laughs> and. Yeah, we got what we got, and man, we you know, I I still remember like going back to the Limewire days when Eminem and and uh, G Unit were beefing with um, everybody. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and just I'm just like you know, every week going and downloading the next disc and the next disc and making albums. I I probably still got a couple <laughs> CDs just full of like. Eminem and G-Unit and Locks and, like, all types of people going at each other. Um, so, yeah, man, that was that was great. Music was coming out of those times. For oh, sure. yeah.
1: It was competition. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of rappers, it's just like, you know, and, and I know a lot of people will be like, well, it's the climate we live in. It's all PC. I don't really think it is that way. I think that a lot of things that people put that on is just, like, uh, it's just, you know, not being... 100% insensitive but rap has always been a thing which is competition and yeah. and rappers nowadays and it tends to be the young rappers I've never seen any grown rap like real grown rappers make this complaint but so many young rappers are just like why are you hating on me I'm just trying to get money it's like nobody's hating on you most of these rappers they know what it's like to be you and they want you to succeed you know but they just gonna tell you how they feel about you Cause none of these mm-hmm. young rappers hold their tongue when it comes to being like, "Oh you old, you washed up uh, that's mm-hmm. whack, so why should I hold my tongue in like in my sport of rap and like letting you know why you're trash in my opinion right.
0: <laughs> no, no man I agree, man so I, my, my last music question, speaking of like kind of the the competition of rap uh, the the Drake and the pusher kind of back and forth that we got as mm-hmm. well um so i don't know recently have you watched lebron's show the shop at all
1: i haven't watched a full episode yet but the drake segment i did watch i think i watched the whole drake segment though okay or at least i watched uh, the majority
0: so you saw basically where he he basically said that he and kanye had been working together and he had been given kanye basically information about his kid and about his mm-hmm. upcoming album. And he felt like Kanye was taking that information and leaking it to, to push it. Mm-hmm. And then did you see where Pusher responded back and said that he actually got that information from a, a chick that 40 was messing with?
1: I didn't hear that he got it from a chick that fo- I heard that he just got from 40, but that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, 40 was messing with some chick and was talking to her about stuff that Drake had going on, and then she went back and told somebody, a, a, a female that that knows Pusher. <sighs> oh man! And that's where he's saying he got the information from. So who knows what the truth is? Yeah. But but yeah, what what are your thoughts, just with that all in mind, on on how that all went down? Um. Well,
1: I think that you know. No. no. A lot of people be like well why did he even trust Kanye in the first place I think that you know the time he was going to go see Kanye it was still kind of the very beginning of all this new Kanye wave we've had this year um to where you you know it, you're not just dropping him at that point point. and uh so I, I understand why Drake would feel like um open enough to and, and trustworthy enough of Kanye to, to say it to him I mean he's a father you know he's a husband you know he's a family person um from what we've seen uh but as far as as allegedly this girl um leaking the information to pusha, i think that that if i was drake i'd be pissed at four at 40 like how are you that irresponsible to where (laughs) like you're talking about my stuff that you know that the world don't know about yet with some rant what uh presumably some random girl Right. So, like, right. if that's the truth, because at first, when I heard Pusha said that 40s one, told him, I was like, okay, Pusha, he's probably just lying because he just wants to get under Drake's skin. But that makes a lot more sense uh, of being true. Um, I mean, you know, I feel, I feel bad for Drake. But at the same time, I was also kind of, like, on the wave where I was, like, you know, I don't know why he just didn't at least, like, say he had a kid. You know, I mean, right. like, right. you know, right. they, you don't have to have to say you have a kid and show them off. I mean, Cardi B still not showing her child off. child Gambino, I think just recently people have finally seen his children. So, right. but we've, we know they exist, you know, and, th- and that's the thing, you know, even in his, uh, his song, March, I think it was March 14th. He was like, I wasn't hiding my child from the world, hiding the world from my child. Like, you, right. no, right. I mean, you were. Doing both, you could argue, you were di- like basically not acknowledging his existence, you know,
0: right? Um, pretty much, yeah. pretty much. As yeah.
1: as far as the beef is concerned between the two, um, I don't know. Because even on the shop, he was like, he was like, "Oh, I did respond, and I had a lot of hurtful things," and da da da. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know you know cuz look first of all it's the it's called the shop for a reason. It's all about that barbershop talk where like people be embellishing a lot trying to big themselves up mm. so like, i don't i don't know if i really believe he had that much to hit push up back with uh to the extent that he says he did um you know but i do understand it, if that is true how he was like uh he was like you know it just didn't make me feel like good after the fact like, I didn't want that to be something that represented myself. So I was like, I mean, if that's the case then I can understand it. But yeah. He yeah. has to hold that L.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I guess at the end of the day he, he can fall back on his success. He's a more successful artist, but oh, yeah. I think in in the eyes of like the hip hop peers, yeah, he 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 lost that battle. Definitely. So um, I you just mentioned Kanye. <laughs> um so did you see that Trump is going to be in Charlotte on Friday?
1: I oh. did not. I, you know, it's, I don't really, I mean, I, I, I tend, I keep up with the news, but I think when it comes to Trump and like his meetings in areas and stuff like that, I don't, I don't know why I've always like not heard about it. Like when he's coming to an area near me, I always hear about like after the fact or like, oh, that's why lanes were closed and there's so, so much traffic.
0: Yep, yep. I got an alert today that uh to expect traffic because he's going to be in Charlotte uh on t- yeah Friday the
1: 26th. Oh my god, oh great!
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that that can kind of lead us into my 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 uh politics question, mm-hmm. but just like and just in general, man, like what are your thoughts on just like the political climate just in general right now?
1: Um, I think. I think the political climate, it is a. Uh, I think to, on one side, it's kind of, for the most part, been this way. It's just being uncovered, like, because you have a person in office with absolutely no filter. And so, by proxy, his associates are going to follow his lead, like, blindly as they do. Um, but also, I, I'm not going to deny the fact that he hasn't made things worse um, from a just societal aspect um you know i think i i i just i always every time i'm reminded that he's the president i just think about man when i have children someday and they're in history class they're going to ask me was this really true and i'm going to yeah. be like i'm going to be sad to be like yeah it really happened um i yeah. think that he's been nothing well no i'm not going to say nothing but horrible i think that he's the only good thing he's done while he's with him sitting in office is the fact that he made people more aware about a lot of things that has continued to exist in our society that we kind of glossed over or pulled the rug over just because we were, we felt a little bit comfortable, you know, we felt like we were on the up and up of progress and we ignored, um, a strong population that's still in this country of racists and xenophobes and, you know, um, those type of people, we kind of just ignored them because they didn't have representation and now they have representation. And so now their voices are loud. And so you have those people who genuinely feel that way, but you also have, uh, you have people who don't really know the people who don't really educate themselves. And so they're just like, and I think it goes the same way for citizens as it does for politicians. It's like, so many people are treating it as if it's like a basketball game, like, like, Oh, you know, look, I like the Lakers and you like Golden State. So no matter who's on my team, I got to root for them. I got to support them. Like, no, if if your person is doing horrible things, like you still need to hold them accountable. And that's what a lot of Republicans and conservatives um, do. That's like irritating to me is like watching clips where people ask them straight up questions like, was this racist? Was this sexist? Uh, Are you comfortable having, a man who thinks it's okay to grope women uh are you comfortable having him in office and they just act they just all of a sudden become deaf like i don't i i just it's baffling to me and i feel my concern is um the fact that after he's out of office whenever it is if he gets impeached or if he just serves one term or whatever after the fact i guarantee you a large portion of people who voted for him and who spoke up on his behalf will come out and be like i'm sorry man i didn't know how bad and i'm not gonna want to hear it i'm mm. not gonna, i'm I'm mm. personally me i'm not going to hear it. i know a lot of people probably like forgive and because after the fact like no that i'm not i'm not willing to forgive that i don't even look over you know a lot of people are like oh politics you shouldn't speak about politics because it's so personal or or like it's not no they say it's not appropriate or whatever like mm-hmm. no it is appropriate because your political views actually reflect your personal views like where do you stand on things like health care with all the interconnect like with all the things that's interwoven into and the people that it affects like that kind of reflects your outlook on society like if you are very well off financially and you don't Want there to be universal health care because you may initially have to pay a little bit more, even though you have the funds to adequ- adequately do it without it without really sacrificing much to help people who literally have no health care at all. Like that kind of tells me what type of person you are. If you stand, if your stance on immigration is just like should be here, and da da da, then that kind of tells me you know how you feel. Like I mean, I've I've uh Know people in high school who like before Trump was in office, uh you know, were friends with people who were who were immigrants and their families were immigrants. It's just like, and now that he's in office, now they're all on this, on this pro, you know, wall and closing borders and da da da. It's just like, you know, how you switch sides so quickly overnight, or maybe you just really were on this side from the beginning, but you just didn't feel strongly enough to speak up about it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say like. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't shy away from talking about politics uh, or political views because it lets me know the type of, you know, person I'm dealing with. That's why people are so outraged and like, that's why the society uh, and the nation is so divided because like, people can see the real people who are like shoulder to shoulder with them, you know, Mm -hmm. to where before people were like, oh, it's just policies and stuff like that. That doesn't really reflect reflect the type of person I am. Like, no, you supporting Trump. A racist, a sexist, a xenophobe, like what does that say about you, and I think that it's good that people are finally looking at it that way, you know,
0: right yeah no i I agree, man, yeah, and and you made some good points, like um it's like people are just like ignoring what is obvious to some, um and and maybe, yeah, when it's all over with, they might kind of have that moment where. Now they, they are trying to come back and, and trying to apologize or whatever it is, and nah, "I feel you man, like you know, um why? Like what's why why should your, we, we believe that things have changed now, like this is obviously the way you felt this whole time, like, nah, just just continue to be you Mm-hmm. So, um, around, around campus, like with the election time coming around, like what types of things are you seeing trying to get students involved, voting, active, like, are, are, is there anything going on around campus?
1: Um, well, you know, and unfortunately, maybe it's because I don't
0: spend
1: a large amount of time on, on campus aside from like, where I'm going to classes and maybe a, a couple additional hours, like doing assignments or whatever but you know i don't really see a large promotion about like you know getting involved in uh these midterm elections and um things like that i don't i don't really see a a large push for it i do know people personally who are involved in it um who are actually like um who like actually like are on phones working and like trying to get the word out and encourage people to go um so i do know that there is there is that going on and like Um, people are speaking about it, but I don't feel like, I don't feel like, I feel like almost people, when they come on a campus, they feel like it's a bubble that's like shielding you and the whole rest of the world goes on pause and like, Hmm. and like, you you know, these things don't still, uh, these things aren't relevant anymore, you know? And it's like, I mean, some people, as soon as they get off campus, they may be talking about like, oh yeah, you need to vote you need to get active. But when they come in, they're not talking about it or they're not concerning themselves with it or Mm -hmm. trying to encourage the next person to do it. Mm Um, and so, like, you know, unfortunately, uh, I don't see a, a strong, strong
0: wave of that right now. Okay. So what do you, what do, you do to, like, educate yourself on different uh, candidates and different, like, policies and stuff like that?
1: Um, well, I think the, the first thing that I do that's probably the, the most uh, beneficial to me is I just have conversations with people. Um, okay. I have conversations with people who are, who are well knowledge in it like some of the people on campus who are just students who are um you know who are involving themselves and educate on certain people and policies and um whether it's people in school whether it's whether it's my family members that I do um make sure to contact uh, occasionally um who tell me about things and they're you know, on different sides of the country and stuff like that so like they have different things that they're hearing and bringing it to me and like causing me to then research more, you know, because it's like, it's kind of like if you were to tell somebody, all right, go get educated on politics, it's like, dang, where do I start, you know, Um, but to have someone give you a little bit of a a starting point, because that can just lead you down a rabbit hole of learning about so many different things, Um, so that's the the first thing I do, second thing I do, um, is I make sure, kind of like with music, where I listen to people I like, I listen to people that I don't know about, I listen to people who like, you know, I mean, I've liked a couple songs or an album or two by them before, but I still listen to Educate Myself on it. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing with politics. So, like, I'll, you know, watch and read from um, news uh, uh, channels and um, websites that, like, whether they're completely in alignment with my view or whether they're not. I think a lot of people, they see something that's, like, maybe more uh, right-aligned. And they're just like, oh, no, that's not me. So I'm not going to read it. But I actually will take the time to go and read it just to, just to see, like, what's the argument, you know, because getting to understand the other side will do one of two things. It will either alter your opinion, which is fine, or it will um, strengthen the opinion you had going into it. Mm-hmm. And either way, you're, you're leaving with more information than you had going into it. For sure. Um, that's so, true. like, I'll watch, I'll watch CNN, I'll watch NBC, I'll read from Huffington Post, Washington Post, uh, New York Times still. Um, I think the only one I'm guilty of not really spending the most time in is Fox News. but um,
0: Dude, I, And what's funny is, like, I will spend time on Fox News for the exact reason you mentioned, because, <laughs> like, I want to see it from all angles. And like you said, like, I want to to um judge for myself like is this is this really what they're saying saying it is and and like you said like uh either walk away with the the opinion i already had just even more cemented or or change my views and uh most of the time it's it's walking away with the feeling i already had more cemented or just just like a lot of the stuff i see on there it's just like a lot of times i'm just in different disbelief like I can not believe it's real and people actually um take it seriously uh and that that scares me um but uh yeah man I I just think it's important just to kind of see it from all angles
1: yeah for sure and I think that and you know and it it all kind of ties together because like I'll watch a segment on any of those news broadcasts and like they'll have you know how they have guests and other commentators and like hearing certain things that they say and like i'll first thing i'll do if i don't know them is i'll google them figure mm-hmm. something out about you know learn some more about them maybe some work they've done um and then sometimes i've even gone as far as to follow them on instagram and in that way new things that they're talking about i'm also getting educated about not having to wait until like this channel decides yeah let's bring them up to talk about something for like five minutes because they don't get much time on air anyway Mm -hmm. so like people like one of my favorites angela rye who is uh for a large portion uh, i think a month or a month and a half was down in florida helping helping uh andrew gillum uh you know win his race and uh and hearing about things she also goes on you know. I don't want to say tour like an artist, but it goes to different venues and speaks to adults, speaks to students, speaks to every type of person, Um, you know. And right now, obviously, it's about getting out and vote and realizing your power. Um, Even the girl, uh, Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez, learning about her, and she's kind of something completely different. I mean, her and a, a few other people, but, like, right now in politics, it's usually been like a two horse race and it's still for the majority is, but you have Democrats that are kind of more socialist hmm. and socialism is, you know, something for a lot of people kind of new. Although I feel like if you kind of just think about your basic wants and needs and expectations in other people and in society, it kind of reflects that. Um, so like educate myself about that. And what I'm trying to do now is I think that you know the uh, Green Party don't really get like a strong voice. Um, and trying to learn about that, I've actually tried to to make some headway in learning a bit more about them and some of the people that's in their party and what they stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, uh, I, like I said, I think a lot of people look at it like it's a team. You know, it's like it's a gang, like red and blue. And I can't, I can't by any means, you know, go with anything else. And I think that's that. I'm not going to say it's the biggest reason, but that's part of the reason why Trump got elected. You had a lot of Republicans who were just like, I'm not about to vote for anybody but a Republican. And a lot of, people would ha- t- a lot of Republicans would tell you that they didn't even like him. Mm. But they voted for him just because he's a part of their party, which is ridiculous if he doesn't reflect what you want in the country. Sorry. But um, you know, me personally is like, you know, I would vote for, if there was a good enough candidate in, either, in any party, I would, vote, I would vote for that person, whoever's the best, most qualified um, for the job. You
0: know? For sure, for sure, for sure, man. So I I just got a couple more questions for you. Um, All right. One one more related to politics, and it's um, if, if you had the ability to 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 change one political policy, um, what what would that policy be, and why? Ooh, one
1: one policy. Um. Hmm. Um, let me think. I think, and it's just, uh, it's just the freshest on my mind. Um, you know, uh, I I would just call for. Um, I'm trying to figure out the way I want to phrase it. Um, I think to simply put it, I would um want there to be a lot of reform in the prison systems okay um, I think that there's so many flaws first of all there's a lot of flaws and a lot of things that we have uh, <laughs> that's still upstanding in America but I think that that is one that, that really um, alters people's lives like it, you have a prison system where like you got people on death row who can actually be executed by the government that's a big thing for me you have people in there who are uh in prison for for years um based off of crimes that they didn't do and you know or because they're just too broke to or you know if they're in jail they're too broke to get out of jail mm-hmm. um and it's all fueled by the fact that it's private you know it's privatized and like they make money off of it they make money off of having bodies in the prison system and uh but it's crazy because they make money off having so many people in the in the prison and the jail system. But then also, like as far as how many people are in the, you know, uh, put, who have the potential to go to court and go to trial, there's so many people that it's like it, it makes it impossible for everyone to get the right to a fair trial, which results in people having you know deals offered to them, deals for people who didn't do things, but just the prospect of like it's almost it's punishment it's like if you don't take this deal and we actually have to get the energy and the resources to go to court and mm-hmm. find you and potentially find you uh guilty then you're going for even longer you mm-hmm. know what i mean and it's just like mm-hmm. that for people who don't have education on like these type of things um it can scare them and it can make them want to just cooperate you know it's like having a gun to somebody's head mm-hmm. uh and so i think that I think that that's, that's one of the biggest things, um, that I would, I would call for, and I would want, um, there to be some type of, uh, uh some type of, uh, believe the words reformation, um, you know, something needs to be fixed about it, but it's difficult. And that's why I say it's kind of difficult to phrase because, um, it's, it, for me, I think there's a lot of things you can look at like okay we need to fix this aspect this aspect this aspect this aspect but the entire institution from its origins isn't a thing that's kind of corrupt in itself like mm-hmm. it's the, the 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 really the very beginnings of like the penitentiary system and all that um to when it became like uh you know a lot of n- mass incarceration not even speaking about the 90s or the 80s like before that um when that started, it was in some, it was grounded in racism. So, you know, it's it's kind of hard to fix something that was kind of wrong in the beginning. You know, I think that the very, very intentions of the prison system was with good reason. It was because people were committing like actual heinous crimes, but they were treating them as humans. They were actually, it was looked at almost as rehabilitation. You know, they didn't, you're not sleeping on a slab. You're not sleeping in a small little really. In, in, you're not having multiple people in such a small confined area. Um, you know, you're giving them basic human resources and amenities and respect um, because you actually it was prison was designed like okay when you come out of here you're actually going to be a better person. We're actually going to work on you, but now it's transformed into. View, being viewed as punishment mm-hmm. and we don't care how you come out of here you're gonna pay for what you did or what we say you did or what you mm-hmm. agreed to saying you did just because the consequences um on the flip side of things would have been even more dire right. um you know so so it's kind of hard to 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 phrase in a couple words but you know uh in
0: general that that would be it okay Okay. Yeah, man. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's uh, it's sad when people don't have the education or the resources to know uh, how to best navigate their situation and end up um, just basically falling a victim to the system.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the way I always like to end my podcast, uh, I, I always ask either one of two questions. So um, my question to you, and I know we, we've talked, uh, you, you mentioned your dad a few times during this conversation, but um, what, what is the, the best memory or, like, your favorite memory you have growing up that you shared with your father?
1: Oh, okay. Let me see. Um, best memory with my dad. Hmm. You know, um it's kind of, uh, it's kind of one of two things, but they're really related. Um, or it's kind of two things, not one of two things, two things <laughs> that are really related. Um, so first thing would kind of be like when, uh, when I really got, I mean, I've always kind of been into video games, but like um, when like the PlayStation two was out yeah. and uh, playing that literally from like sun up to sundown and at, when I saw, you know, but you know what I mean? Like all the time when I'm home and like playing games that my dad, you know, my dad, he's big into like 2K and Madden and even MLB. So like, I wasn't really into into sports games like that. You know, um, I was into like WWE games. I was into Dragon Ball Z games. I was into, uh, GTA. I was into those type of things. And, um, he went like, out of his way I guess I mean I won't say out of his way because I mean he was my dad but like he he took an effort to like join in and like even if it's something that he don't really like enjoy obviously he, he tries to he he put himself in that situation where he's playing the game and he's trying to get better just so that he can play me and make it comp- make it competitive like you know he would he'd be playing my game just so he can get better and then at one time one point like now it's actual challenge you know now it's actually like fun you know um so that's one but then the other one would be uh when I was in high school and I started playing soccer um because my dad don't know the you know first thing about soccer really aside from that (laughs) you you kick a ball around you know (laughs) and um from day one he's always supported me in that um you know he's always supported me he didn't really take as much of an investment like trying to learn as he did with like video games but like he's always supported me. He's always motivated me. He's always, um, you know, every single game I was at, he went to, um, you know, even (laughs) he'd be in the stands when he had a, you know, a broken foot. Like he was, he was always there supporting me. Like, so I think that those are probably my best memories, uh, to date at least.
0: Yeah. No, those are good ones. Those are good ones, man. I like it. I like it, man. Um, so yeah, man, like, I really appreciate you coming on my podcast, man. Like it's been a uh, pleasurable conversation. I enjoyed having you on.
1: I enjoyed uh, being here, man.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate you making time. And um, that that's all I got, man.
1: All right. Sounds good. You know, if you look, if you ever want me on again, I'd be more than happy to, to join. Up.
0: Yes, for sure, man. We definitely got to do this again. But uh, actually, one more thing before I let you go. Okay. I always like to allow people to shout out their their social media handles in case uh people listening want to follow you so uh if you wanna do that man uh feel free to go ahead and do that
1: okay yeah so uh at the moment all I got is instagram um my instagram is at underscore r y c e three two one um it's private but you know you request it i'll I'll accept it and follow you back. Um, you get a mix of things, you get music, you get, uh, things going on in the world, you get social stuff, you get just my random opinions, what's going on in my day. Um, and, and definitely a conversation if, uh, you know, if you,
0: if you're up for it. So for sure, for sure. So yeah, make sure you guys follow. And, uh, once again, Bryce, man, I appreciate it. And, uh, take it easy, man.
1: You too, man. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Peace.
0: Peace.